All right, we are going to be looking at the importance of choices. We have the book there by Terry Chappell. I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago that Terry Chappell's, uh, uh, her background is very interesting. She was a child that came on a bus from a broken home and people loved her in the, the church there and she made right choices. And she's the wife of a, of a pastor who pastors a very large and very strong church. And uh, she's also the president of a college. And so uh, it, uh, it's amazing what will happen when you make right choices. And, uh, and so thankful for her testimony. And so uh, this, uh, we're going to start today with excellent choices and just looking at this from an overview. Now, let's just talk for a moment about the world's philosophy. It's sort of have your own way, uh, do your own thing, be true to yourself. Heard all those things. You find them in commercials from hamburgers to, uh, to deep philosophical discussions on life. And we live in a very egocentric, very self-centered world right now. And of course, when you think about it, that's the way it's always been. That's the human nature. Now, the fact that you constantly have this matter of make your own choice, it proves one point, and that is mankind has a free will. And this is the essence of our relationship to God. We are not robots or puppets fulfilling a, a predetermined course. We instead are uh, made in the image of God with a free will that affects our relationship to God, which is primary, and then affects uh, the course of our life. The word faith is very key in this whole matter because choices are either based upon wrong philosophy, our own self-will, our flesh, or they're made upon the word of God, independence upon God, and that's what faith is. So faith is a choice. It is a step of faith. You have a choice about whether you trust Christ as your Savior or not. And your eternal destiny is based on that choice. And it's all, the, it's all in relationship to God's word, believing that it's true, and then acting upon it by your will, which will, of course, bring action, but that's dependent upon God for that action. So faith and will go together. So when we're talking about choice, we're talking about the fact we have a free will, but it's not the idea that just do your own thing, do what feels good, uh, do what uh, is true to yourself. Uh, the issue is making excellent choices that will determine a course of divine blessing and direction and wisdom. And, of course, it starts with salvation and then goes into a, uh, a walk with the Lord. And so I uh, just wanted to give that as a background. We'll be uh, coming back to that. And, uh, and so um, just want to uh, mention about the matter of a free will. Now let me mention something else, too, and that is that choices accumulate. This choice will lead to another choice, will lead to another choice, or I have to make a choice to overcome that choice. In other words, every time you make a decision, uh, and by the way, a decision can be a passivity, don't do anything, that's a decision. You know, a person that hears the gospel and then doesn't act on it, they've made a decision. 
when God calls upon you to surrender your life in a certain area and you don't do it, that's a decision. So choices are made either actively or passively, but they're all choices, and you've got to think about that. Already today, be very interesting, I don't know how to calculate it, but how many choices you made this morning? I mean, uh, it, evident, it ultimately led you here, so that's good. I'm glad you made the, the right course, but uh, uh, you think about it. Our life is filled with choices, but they do accumulate. Now, let me stop here and just say something very strongly. The grace of God and his forgiveness is a wonderful thing. Yes, it can be a web of real difficulty. Uh, if you were saved uh, as an adult, then you already had a web of choices and ramifications in your life that you had to overcome. But aren't you thankful for God's grace? He forgave you. He gave you eternal life. The Spirit of God enabled you to make right choices. And uh, you've been able to correct the, the, the past. And God is even able, please note this, to use your wrong choices as a trial, if you're going to look biblically, and even help you grow through the ramifications of that so that you get back on the right path. We've got a masterful God. His sovereignty, his, his overall working is just, uh, his wisdom is marvelous. And so I really want us to rejoice in that fact. So as I talk throughout this entire series on the consequences of choices, Satan would love to come and knock you down, okay? Don't let him do that. Uh, you have a fresh slate today. Aren't you thankful? The course of your life is in the, uh, by the power of God is in your hand, and you've got great opportunities. It's a fresh new opportunity to serve God. So keep that in mind, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before a press toward the mark. Those are all choices, and we can do it, and so I want to encourage you about it. However, having said that, let me back up to that original statement. There are accumulated uh, choices, and they do cause you to go on a path. They cause certain things to happen, and we need to realize that every choice we make needs to be as right and excellent as possible so that the next step will be made. Two things I want to mention here, I'm just giving a bunch of review here on biblical truths, but I think it's important. First of all, the Christian life is called a walk, a walk of faith. Um, as Colossians 2 verse 6 says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, that was the choice of faith in him alone, so walk ye in him. So you are, you, your life is a series of steps. You know, you don't just jump, whew, you know, you have to step by step by step go to the destination. So steps of faith lead you to the right destination. Steps of fear, steps of uh, expediency, steps of flesh indulgence, steps of unbelief lead you in the wrong direction and you have to correct that path. So keep that in mind that the Christian life is a series of steps and there are consequences for those steps. The second thing is that there's another um, metaphor, another illustration used in the scripture 
about the matter of uh, spiritual growth and faith, and that is sowing seeds. In Galatians chapter 6, you have sowing seeds of uh, the flesh, and what is that going to reap? Corruption. When you sow uh, to the Spirit, you'll of the Spirit reap those things that lead you to the eternal uh, spiritual life that, that lasts for eternity. And I want to make this statement also, and that is that when you start going um, in the pathway of of a spiritual sowing for a harvest, some you have to go through what your sowing to the flesh is causing you to reap at the moment. See, a lot of uh, Christians want an instant solution to everything, and that instant solution, well, God will give you grace, he'll give you joy, he'll give you power right now. But uh, we have to wade our way through the old harvest from the past so that we You've got to learn to be patient and wait for the harvest. Um, as I've often talked about, you can sow, but the harvest doesn't come immediately, does it? So don't be discouraged. Maybe you're reaping something in your own personal life with your character. Maybe you're reaping something with your children. Maybe you're reaping something in your marriage. Uh, because you know you made steps that were not faith-filled. They were definitely of the flesh. And so now you've got some waves of consequences. Don't be thrown by that. Get on the course of spiritual seed being planted. You're going to reap a great harvest if you will do that. And, as I've already said a few moments ago, God will use the not-so-good harvest to be a great trial to help you in a positive way grow and seek him and teach you and and God will overcome that and it takes patience but God will work the thing that Satan wants you to do is say oh well what's the use I blew it that is not God everybody hearing me whenever you think that way oh well I don't know I don't think I can ever change or you know I my, some of my children are bearing my bad harvest, uh, my, my bad, excuse me, my bad uh, sowing. Um, you know, I don't know if my marriage can ever be what it ought to be. That's exactly what Satan wants to do. That is not of God. You've got to know the difference in your spiritual ear between Satan's accusation trying to get you to quit and the Spirit of God's in a conviction which causes you to know there's an answer. If there's no sense of answer or future, that's not God. Now, what I'm giving you here, by the way, this, none of this is in the book. Okay, this is all preliminary. That's very important. But I'm, I want you to get this because as we talk about choices, don't you think Satan's going to come along and say, you blew it? What's the hope? What's hope is there? You know, just, uh, just sort of survive. Terrible, terrible response. I think it was a few... Weeks or maybe months ago, I told you about a man in his 80s when I was a young preacher. I preached on marriage, and he had been had been a stalwart in our church but had not really been able to do much in his latter couple of decades because he just had not won with his wife. It was a sad deal. And um, I, as a young preacher, was preaching on marriage and on victory. You know, he was a great expert. And uh, 
But even in my youth, he came forward broken because it was the Spirit of God that worked. And he got back on the ground of faith, and he won. And he saw a victory before they both died. I think that's tremendous. And I've seen that happen. Another man uh, that uh, is, uh, was in our church years ago, uh, same kind of issue in his own personal life. And he had just been sort of dead all the way along spiritually. He was definitely saved, but, but in his 70s, he got a hold of the, the living the Christ life. And he dramatically changed and quit listening to Satan's give up. Forget it. Okay? So if you heard what I just said, would you raise your hand? Okay. Did you hear it? Okay. I mean, this is important because you have got to discern the voice. How many of you have ever heard Satan's uh, pressure on you saying, uh, there's no use, give up? Ever had that? Okay. I just want you to learn that's never God. God's going to say that's sin, and you need to deal with that, and here's the way, walking in it, and then you'll be blessed, and I love you. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. That's not the way Satan works. Okay, let's talk about um, the matter then here of choices and some simple things in this introductory chapter, and that is, first of all, we've got to be very discerning on pop psychology and human reasoning for our choices. Now, the reason that American Christianity is as powerless as it is, is whether we like to think about it or not, we've all been indoctrinated with humanism. Unbelief, looking at things from a temporal standpoint, uh, we have been inundated with that. Our whole lifestyle has made us look more at the here and now. We've had material blessings. I'm thankful for God's goodness, none of that is wrong, but the humanistic thinking has been pounded into us in the public schools. It's been pounded into us by the entertainment industry, by the news media. Um, academic institutions of higher learning have just been riddled with it. You have probably only 5% of uh, Christian worldview professors in most uh, universities today. So young people have just been pounded by it. Isn't it interesting, even with all of that, and we see our culture going the way it is, you look at the polls right now, there's an inner sense of conscience that is still keeping the vast majority of Americans wanting a different roadmap than what the humanists are trying to give. The only way you can explain that is God because our culture has been pounded and, and yet there is something in people. That's why, folks, we gotta give the gospel. People are far more open than you know. You may get an initially negative reaction, but I'm telling you, they're gonna listen to what you say. and. Um, but we are very much affected by that. Follow your heart. And of course, then that immediately leads you to Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Follow your heart, and you're not going to be on the pathway to blessing, to honoring God, and seeing God work. Now, let me just tell you about faith choices. Faith choices always go against the grain. They go against human reasoning. They go against world's philosophy. They go against your past experience. And so faith choices means that you're carving a new course. You're carving a non-cultural course, potentially. Uh, you are heading out in a direction 
that even other Christians who are affected by pop psychology and humanism are not going. Now, I'm going to say something, and I trust you'll understand. 20 years ago, out of the top 20 books written for evangelical believers, 18 of them were written by men. Now, I'm not, this isn't a male-female thing. I want you not to react to me here on this. Last year, none. Possibly one. It depends on, on how you rate the books. Now, nothing wrong with wonderful women's books. That's what I'm using. I'm glad there's a bunch of them. But most of them I couldn't use. Uh, they are very affected by humanistic culture. And men are not taking the lead, and people aren't listening to the word of God. Very interesting. So faith often goes against humanistic Christians. And believe me, in our parenting, aren't we affected? In our marriages, aren't we affected? In how we handle our money, aren't we affected? In what is really important in our lives, aren't we affected? Uh, even looking at what is really priority, all of this is affected by very much the secular worldview that is uh, in our world today. So we have to realize that the word of God is going to have one direction, and that is going to be, obviously, to know him, to walk with him, to serve him. And so that means in how we view our families, how we view our own lives, how we view our our priorities, how we view how the world should function, how society should function, how we should live, it's going to go oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes in a different direction than the world, right? Do we understand that? So every step of faith you take is a little bit humanly difficult. But that's when it begins to start happening. That's when you start seeing God work. And by the way, when you start walking the walk of faith, it isn't all that difficult because you have the power of God enabling you. And there's liberty and there's freedom and there's joy and you begin to get it and truth comes alive and so you aren't worried about it. Uh, you can be sharp. You can be where you're not looking odd. Listen, Christians should not be odd. And you can have a great respect from the world uh, but you're going to be very different than the world. But God will use that. They will use, the God will use that in your life. But are you willing to do what God tells you to do over what everybody else tells you to do? Are you willing to give all? Listen, the Christians that we read about today were in the minds of their peers of their generation were radicals. All out surrender to God, which meant they made some very difficult choices. Their families didn't understand them. You read about it almost in every case. Hudson Taylor, C.T. Studd, Jonathan Goforth, on and on you go. All these people um, uh, that, that we, we respect, they had to go um, a biblical way and remember we're pilgrims and sojourners in this world our citizenship is in heaven it's been interesting with the sinking of the Russian flagship there's a lot of talk about the last time that that happened 
was when? Does anybody know the last time that the major ship of an army of a Navy was sunk? No, it was after World War II. It was in the early 80s, the Falkland Island crisis of all things, okay? And uh, that was when uh, the uh, British Navy sunk the uh, top, uh, one of the top uh, ships of the Argentinians, and then the Argentinians blew up the flagship of the British Navy, and oh my, that changed. Everybody realized the vulnerability of those big aircraft carriers, so everybody's talking about that. I bring that up because I remember I came to Argentina right after the Falkland Islands crisis, and you may not even, you younger ones probably don't remember that, but anyway, that was the first war, really, that went on since uh, Vietnam, you know and between Argentina and England, of all things, you know, that was really amazing. But, uh, but I was in Argentina, and they didn't want to see me. I was an American. I was English. They didn't see much difference between England and Americans. And I very much realized I was not a citizen of the country that I was in. Now, I've been in 46 countries, and I never do feel totally at home. But this time, I was on enemy territory, and I wasn't treated well. In fact, I had some very major difficulties in getting some of the places I wanted to get because they had just been humiliated by the British Navy and armies and had lost, and uh, it was very interesting. Now, folks, the world does not love Christ. Satan is a foe that's already had his head crushed. He's angry. He's writhing, and you see it everywhere you turn. He's doing everything he can to bring the world under his power. And so people appreciate Christians that love and all of that, but there still is the reality that you're not at home. You with me on this? So steps of faith are going to be, most of the time, a bit of a risk. That step of depending upon God is you can't do it yourself when you deal with your own character. Or if you take steps to change your marriage, you're going to have to humble yourself, and your flesh isn't going to want to do that to be the right kind of wife. Or maybe there are things that God wants you to do with your children in the home, and you've got to rearrange your whole life, and you realize, I haven't been doing what I ought to do, and God, that's going to be uncomfortable. Or in the matter of uh, maybe you've got older children, and there are things that you're going to have to talk to them about, things that you're going to have to work with them. That is not going to be a natural thing to do, is it? But God's power will be with you when you take the right step and follow the right choice, okay? So what's the guiding light for it all? Word of God. If the Bible says it, believe it, and then according to what it says, accomplish what the Bible says. Don't impose on the Bible what you think. Let the Bible impose on you so you can think right. The wisdom that comes from above. And it's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. And again, it's freedom. It's liberty. It's not negative. There's uh, no Christian that's walking with God feels the pressure at that time. Uh, those, and the one good thing about the accumulation of choices, you make the right choice. That leads to much easier on the next right choice. And then you go to the next right choice. And after a while, you become so convinced that road is that road is not that hard to stay on, I'll be honest with you, unless you get some, something comes into your life. And remember, the fruit of the Spirit is faith. 
We are responsible to exercise faith, but God, through his power, enables us to have faith and gives us the setting in which it's much easier to have the faith if we're walking in the spirit. And so uh, the other aspect that she mentions here is the word of God and then the spirit of God. I've already alluded to that over and over. The Holy Spirit will lead you today. If your heart is open to him, that's why you need to spend time with the Lord in the morning. You just got to do it. You got to do it so you can hear his voice. And then he will prompt you. My prayer this morning again was, Spirit of God, I want to listen to you. I yield myself to you. I cannot do anything today without you. And I get so thick-headed sometimes. <laughs> I talk rather down to earth with the Lord there. I need, I want to hear the Spirit, and I want to do what he says. I, I, and he will lead. And well, Just think about that. You've got the truth from the very heart of God, and you've got the one that wrote it in your heart. That pathway is not a mystery. It is a great uh, possibility if you'll let God work. And that's what we're going to be talking about through this entire uh, series here from this book is how to make those right choices and to walk the way that you ought to walk. Folks, do not be fearful of God's choices. He never asked you to do something that is not ultimately good. It's the best. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It will end up with um, divine, uh, just divine results that will thrill your heart. You want to get to a point in your life where you're just living day by day with that reality that God is leading and this is right and I am in the security of that wonderful guidance in my life and I know I'm going the right way. And uh, though a lot of times we even, even endeavoring to do completely right, we can make wrong steps, but God just guides us right back on. He is so good to take us and help us and work in our lives. And so choices. So what I want you to do this next week is just think about how many choices you make. And sometimes we get into trouble, and we'll talk about this, when we just make a choice without thinking, on impulse. Now, some things are real little, you know, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things, usage of time, you know, how you respond, what you do, how you plan. I mean, it is very important to... Um, uh, to realize every choice makes a difference. And you've got the Spirit of God right there. My grandmother, I bring her up a lot, but uh, I used to just love just being around her. She would just say, now, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do I do about this? She, she was alone enough that she'd just talk out loud, so if we were around, she'd still talk out loud. Uh, Dr. Uh, Brother John Himes, his uh, grandfather, John Rice, that we talk about, that he wrote the book on, that's the way John Rice was. He was just constantly talking to the Lord. Now, Lord, what do we do about this service? You know, or um, Lord, what uh, talking about my dad? What should Wayne do here? You know, and he'd just be talking. I mean, he was in a regular conversation with the Lord. Isn't that rather biblical? Pray without ceasing. Praying always. And uh, that, those are not hyperboles. It's because God wants to lead you, and He wants to lead you to excellence. He's got a great plan. Okay, well, this was just introduction, but I hope it'll uh, help you get ready to go on a, I trust, a good journey. Lord, would you bless as we do uh, 
look at these important truths over these next uh, few weeks and uh, just bless these dear ladies and Lord give me wisdom and Lord would we make right choices even today I pray in Jesus name. Amen.